Welcome to another episode of Electable. I'm Deb Chubb, and this podcast is sponsored by the Indiana Women's Action Movement. Um, today, uh, we are talking with the candidate, the Democratic candidate for Congress in Indiana's sixth congressional district. Um, we're very excited to have Cindy Worth with us. Um, we, I've worked with Cindy. Uh, she ran in a, a, for a state level uh, uh, office in 2020 and did an outstanding job. And now I'm very excited that she's running for Congress. Um, this couldn't be a more important uh, given her opponent, uh, Greg Pence. Um, so uh, that's all I'll, I'll, I'll say about that. But um, so we're gonna talk about some of the Cindy's platform and the issues that are important uh, in, in the country right now and what she's gonna do about them as a Congresswoman. So Cindy, thank you so much for joining us. And I would love it if you gave us just a little bit of background about you, uh, what, you know, where you're from, what you do, what you've done. Um, and I know, it's, I know it's a long list, so you'll have to, you'll have to kind of <clears throat> condense it probably. Thanks, Deb. Um, as you said, I'm Cindy Worth. I am from Columbus, Indiana. I'm running for the Indiana 6th Congressional District. I am a teacher and a scientist. I spent um, about a decade in the classroom teaching science and um, environmental, an environmental science class also. And I'm a small business owner. My husband and I've had a couple of small businesses and um, that's, that's kind of it. I'm a seventh generation um, resident of Bartholomew County. So I'm just an ordinary person with um, an ordinary family. Of, um, my grandmother worked in a bakery her whole life. Uh, my great-grandfather was a horseback mail carrier. And um, my great-grandmother, his wife, she would cook meals during the depression for their neighbors who weren't employed because he worked for the postal service. So like I said, I'm just from an ordinary family and I just think that ordinary people are what make this country great. Isn't that great? So um, uh, you are an ordinary person, but you come with um, several pretty impressive uh, letters behind your name. I know that you've worked in, um, is it marine biology? Is that correct? Yeah, so <clears throat> um, I'm a public school graduate from Bartholomew Consolidated School Corporation. So K through 12, I went to public school here. And then um, I'm a first generation college graduate. So I have a degree in biology and Spanish. And then I went on to get a master's degree in anthropology. And I'm now working on a PhD at Ball State in educational policy and STEM education. Um, so everything that I've been able to do, um, I've been able to do because of our incredible education that's available to us. Um, through our public education system in the United States and especially in Indiana. Awesome. All right. Well, let's talk then about your platform. What are the big issues? What do we need to talk about? What, you know, what's important? What are you finding is important among your constituents? So I think um, <clears throat> jobs that pay a respectable living wage are, are critical in, in Indiana right now. We're one of the lowest paid states in the nation. Um, and especially teachers. Um, we also need to bring back strong unions and really support um, people with the right to unionize to, to support those, those living wages. And then I, I also think in, in where we are, we're not doing enough um, to incentivize and, and help our small businesses and small family farms. 
And I think those are critical to our lifestyle in Indiana. You know, as a small business owner myself, I know how hard it is, you know, when you depend on foot traffic from Main Street to come in your door. And there's a lot of things that happen um, that, and then I think we could do to support small businesses a little bit better and support people so that the struggle that they have um, going to work and having to work two and three jobs, um, maybe we can remove that struggle and, and give people their lives back instead of giving CEOs big corporate bailouts and parachutes. Um, I, I think maybe return that back to the people who are actually making that money for the corporations. Oh, that's, uh, well, that's wonderful. I've talked a lot about that as well. I think uh, in particular, there are so many industries uh, that are dominated by women who have historically not been organized. And I think now is our time. The labor market is on our side. And I always encourage women working in small shops and big shops to talk to their colleagues and talk about what kind of benefits they could have if they got together, if they organized and demanded those benefits that really, uh, and in particular, uh, benefit women, childcare, paid maternity leave, uh, pregnancy accommodation uh, uh, rights in the, in the workplace. Uh, we've not seen any of those at the state level uh, be passed, uh, but our state level legislature doesn't seem to really care about women. So we're used to that now, unfortunately, but women need to really take a minute and think what, what could be. Uh, and so uh, organizing their, their, uh, their shops, their, uh, their workplaces um, could be a huge opportunity. And so uh, I think this is a great time to work on that. So um, I know that Congress has passed the PRO Act. Can you tell us a little bit about that? So um, <clears throat> the PRO Act passed the House and um, it was introduced in February of 2021. It has passed the House and it has been sitting in the Senate, I think since about a month after that, um, maybe March or April of 2021. So it's sitting there stalled because I believe they know that they don't have a sure number of votes to pass it. Um, and until we can put more Democrats in both the House and the Senate, um, we probably won't see that bill pass into law. Um, at least through through the, the channels that it's going now through the House and the Senate and then and then sent to the president. And it's unfortunate um, because most people, you know, when they do the surveys, believe that this is the way things should work. But but again, we've got to have more Democrats elected to be able to push some of these legislation that just helps everyday people. So it's not legislation that's, you know, garnering special interest. Um, benefits or, or anything else. This is legislation that directly benefits everyday people that, that, that are you and I, or that, you know, our neighbors and our friends and our family. Um, both of my grandmothers worked their entire lives. So, um, you know, I, I think it's something that is a long time coming. And it, it is something, especially for women in the workplace who have been ignored in protections and um, support. And so uh, I happen to know how your um, opponent, Greg Pence, voted on that bill? Um, I believe he voted against that. And I have to see if I can pop up the roll call vote. But um, yeah, it, it was pretty much a partisan vote, um, you know, right, right along party lines. And um, there were a couple of, of votes against, uh, uh, they took, I think four votes on that one. Um, 
<clears throat> and the only Indiana yay votes were Frank Marvan and Andre Carson. So the Republican leadership in the House for Indiana all voted against that. Um, right. Which is unfortunate. So, right. Um, uh, so that is terribly unfortunate and terribly just insulting, frankly, to, in, you know, to Hoosiers. Um, so, all right, tell us what else is on your platform. What else is, uh, what else are you finding to be important that you really want to work on in Congress? So uh, healthcare and access to healthcare is, is one of the other pieces um, to everyday people that, that we really need to find more support for and, and find more solutions for. The legislation that has passed um, through lately um, for infrastructure bill for roads and bridges and um, those kinds of things, that has passed and we're seeing the benefits of that now. Um, so if you're griping about the road construction, that's probably a direct result of the infrastructure bill, which is employing people and fixing our roads and bridges and um, you know, building economic incentives for, for more businesses and small businesses to come in um, certain targeted areas. And the state of Indiana um, through the, the Ready Act grants is, all, is um, administering those. So those we're seeing in all of our counties in the sixth district, and that is really exciting. We need the same kind of support for healthcare. Um, so rural healthcare and even urban healthcare, we don't always have access to the local healthcare um, options that we need. And sometimes we have people in the sixth district driving an hour or so to get routine medical care. And what happens is a cascade of things where, you know, People say, well, I won't go this time. Maybe I'll wait, maybe I'll wait. And we all know when we wait to get care, um, whatever's happening gets worse. So delay in care causes complications, um, causes all kinds of things. And then when those complications happen, often people aren't able to drive after that. And when that happens, then our family and friends have to take care of us, um, which means they have to take time off of work. And it, like I said, it's a cascade that happens. So, you know, if we, if we take care of people first, then we don't have some of these issues that come later down the road when we delay that care. Um, so that's a really important part, uh, part of, of what I wanna fight for for Hoosiers because GoFundMe is not something that should be paying for healthcare. Yeah, right. All right, well, um, I'm I, it's important to me, so I'm just going to mention it. Uh, we have to talk about the Dobbs case and what that means um, to Hoosiers. Um, we know that um, Indiana is ready to outlaw abortion uh, as soon as that decision comes out that uh, used to protect uh, the legality of abortion in Indiana. And we know that it's more than that. It's more than abortion. Uh, the Dobbs case decision that was leaked um, indicates a willingness to abandon uh, the right of privacy found in the, the Ninth and Fourteenth Amendments uh, that was used to support not only abortion, but a lot of other privacy rights. So what can be done at the federal level to address what is certainly going to be a major a major impact on many, many people, uh, not just women seeking abortions. <clears throat> so up and down the ballot, um, this is gonna come down to electing more Democrats who believe in choice and privacy and upholding Roe versus Wade. 
And I say up and down the ballot because it's going to be every state, it's going to be um, congressional, and it's going to be Senate that are going to be important. So in the Senate, we can codify Roe versus Wade. Um, in the House, we can put other bills into play that will put those protections into law. Um, and in, of course, in the state legislature, we have those bills that will um, put those protections in for people at every level for privacy and abortions and birth control. Um, you know, who you love and who you marry should be among those protections as well. And those are all on the table if Roe falls. So our best, our best guard against that happening is to elect more Democrats up and down the ballot. Um, and, and that's, I mean, that's the long and short of it. My opponent um, says he is for people and Greg Pence has never once this term voted for people. He voted against the humanitarian aid to Ukraine. He voted against the infant formula bill. Um, he voted against affordable insulin. So ev every turn, um, Greg Pence and the rest of the Republicans in Congress are voting against Hoosiers and what Hoosiers need. Ugh, that's just frightening. I don't know how people live with themselves, honestly. Who does he represent? Um, I guess it's the coal industry and, um, and the NRA. He does describe himself as an oil executive um, and then complains about the high gas prices, but then does not vote to um, hold oil companies responsible for price gouging. So again, you know, the voting does not support that he supports Hoosiers. Well, I hope that you get a chance to, you know, be in a forum face to face with him uh, and really, really bring out all of these lies. Uh, lying among these Republican candidates has just become second nature. And, and I'm frankly a little disappointed that Democrats don't spend more time calling Republicans out for those lies. Um, I, I, and I understand it's shocking when someone, you know, you know, you're trying to have an intelligent conversation about an issue and someone just throws out a lie, you know, it's a little, you know, catches you off guard, but you do have to call it out. You have to say, no, that really is just a lie um, because you, you just can't put up with it. Uh, and, and I know it's difficult, but Democrats have to really do that more, I think. So I look forward to, you know, seeing you guys um, in, a, in a forum together. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. This dog, I have a dog and it's like licking my knee. Ah, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> so yeah, I, would, so I would love to. Um, what I'm hearing as I'm traveling through all the counties in the 6th District is that they never see Greg Pence. And that he will show up, maybe if he if he even shows up, he will do it before the event where there's no one there, take a few pictures, and then um, leave with his security detail or whomever he's traveling with, um, because he doesn't want to be out among people. This is what I'm hearing when I'm going to the rural areas. So I've been spending a lot of time um, just talking to people in rural in the rural areas, and also on the south side of Indianapolis and Johnson County. Um, another place where uh, most people say they haven't seen him. So, you know, if there's any place that, you know, someone wants to see me, I am happy to go. Um, you know, my whole goal is to represent people and bring back to the people of Indiana what we need to, for our lives to be better here. Oh, that's excellent. I, I'm so excited. Uh, the notion that we would have someone competent and uh, of course, who believes in humanity and empathy uh, in Congress from 
Indiana sixth district is just, it would be wonderful. It would just be wonderful. All right, so um, we should also talk about um, the, the uh, proliferation of guns um, to uh, every person in this country, um, which I, I have come to believe is the goal of, of you know, of manufacturers who pay uh, legislators uh, to get you know, these bills passed to repeal controls on who can have a gun. Uh, it really is to ensure that everyone is frightened enough to go out and buy another gun uh, because, you know, that's what they do. They sell guns. So um, so tell me again uh, at the at the federal level, what can we do to solve what has just become just a heartbreaking, um, a heartbreaking tragedy that keeps happening in in this country I, and, you know, without any response with it just it's shocking. So gun sense um, doesn't mean taking away guns. And I am not someone who advocates to take away guns. I think that we need to be sensible about guns. We need to regulate guns better. Um, I grew up hunting. So, I mean, I have no problem, you know, that here in Indiana, we grow up with guns. But when I was growing up in the 70s, um, we had responsible gun ownership. There were classes that your, your family, either your parents or your grandparents made you take. Um, there were safety, safety protocols that you went through. I think we need to bring that back. I think we need trigger locks. I think we need um, red flag laws. I think we need to um, regulate and end permitless carry everywhere. Um, I think that's just a really dangerous idea. I don't think that more guns, and I think it's been scientifically proven that more guns do not equal a more safe society. Um, yes, people are always going to find their way to guns and you know disasters can still happen, but the likelihood of it happening and the scale and the magnitude of it will, will go down when we regulate guns in a sensible way. Um, and I think we've seen this regulation after um, the Brady Bill was introduced. And when that went away, we have seen the explosion of um, gun violence. Gun violence is now the number one killer of our young people. And we saw, you know, the, the massacre that happened um, this week in Texas, that was right on the heels of their constitutional carry law that was put into law this fall, um, this past fall. So Indiana is moving toward that July 1st, where we will have this open, open constitutional carry. And you know, what we're seeing is that after this happens, then gun violence becomes more and more prevalent. I think it is very short-sighted for the Indiana state legislature to not take this into consideration. Um, but I think federally, we can act to put some things in place that like the Brady Bill did to regulate high capacity magazine weapons um, and, and weapons that that are designed for war. They're designed for hunting and killing humans. And that's not what we use to hunt animals for food. So I think there is a big disconnect there. And um, when you look into what the second amendment was drafted to actually state, um, it doesn't have anything to do with our, our right to carry firearms in public and um, display and the things that are being said that it is. Again, what you're talking about, the lies that are being put out there, 
there's a lot of lies and misinformation, and I prefer the word lies to misinformation, um, that are being put out about guns. Um, and I think we're just going to lose more, more people and more kids. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And this is um, from the so-called pro-life uh, party. <laughs> It, right. uh, you know, it is absolutely laughable. Uh, so yeah, you're, you know, after July 1st in Indiana, uh, you'll be able to just carry a gun, you know, hang, you know, hang, whatever, carry it into Walmart, whatever. Uh, and, you know, the assault, uh, the assault rifles, the military style assault rifles, um, you know, strapped onto every back, walking down the street. Really? That's, is that how we want to live? Um, it may be how we die. So, um, so, all right. Yeah. Tough, tough issues out there. There really are tough issues out there. Uh, and, um, oh, and there's your dog. Oh, great. <laughs> the dogs, dogs have to be heard and seen. So that's they great. <laughs> so, all right. So um, tell us more about your campaign. Tell us what you need, uh, how we can help you, how we can reach you um, to help get you elected. Okay, so the Indiana 6th District has changed. Um, so in Southern Marion County, there are three townships, which is Franklin, Decatur, and Perry. A lot of those voters don't realize that Andre Carson is no longer their congressman. Um, so we need to get the word out for that. Also, Johnson County is now included in the 6th District. Um, so I think those are some big changes that people are not expecting or don't know that have happened and we need to spread that word. My website is www.worth, W-I-R-T-H, the number four, congress.com. So you can reach us there. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and I do have an Act Blue account. So donations are greatly appreciated because we are a small campaign fighting a giant machine. Um, so we need volunteers um, and donations. We're pretty frugal with them. Um, I mean, I'm an ordinary person, so I have to live an ordinary frugal life. And I extend that to my campaign as well. So we are really excited. We're gaining a lot of traction. Um, if you have events that you know you want to put on um, or house parties so that I can reach more people and talk to more people individually, reach out um, to our email through our website and we will get back with you and set, get those set up. Awesome. Great. And I'm sure there's some parades coming up and it'd be great to march with you in the in the parade. You have a 4th of July parades coming up, right? Um, there are several parades coming up. Um, I know there's one in Henry County on Memorial Day that we will be in. Other than that, um, there are four or five coming up. I know there's a golf tournament in Hancock County in, in June. Um, so we have lots of events planned. Um, there's all the county fairs for all, for every county that we will be at. And I, I look forward to seeing you there. We should be having more town halls as well with Indiana state Democrats. Um, we're hoping to get them set up in Johnson and Southern Marion County soon. Um, so we've, I think we've had four of those already and we're, we're looking forward to more. And it's a great chance that we've had to reach out and talk to voters and, and answer their questions. Terrific. And um, will there be pride fests in the sixth congressional district? Um, as far as I know, there are four pride fests set up right now that we will be at. Um, 
I don't have all the dates in front of me, but um, different counties are having them at different times and we do have them on our schedule um, and, and we will be there. So one of the things near and dear to my heart is you love who you love and you marry who you marry and, um, and, that, and that's it. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you very much, Cindy. It's been so great to chat with you. Um, I, you know, so I was so impressed with you when you ran at the state level. Again, I think you would make a terrific congresswoman. And I really look forward to that happening and uh, doing all we can to make sure that you get elected. Well, thanks so much. Yep. All right. Okay. And, um, you know, uh, you know, depending on what kind of crazy things happen, we may be back with more updates. <laughs> That'd be great. I'm happy awesome. to do it. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Bye-bye.